Middle call. Hey, hey. All right. Hello to everybody. Hello to all our hall monitors in the chat. Take and roll. Roll call. Uh, we are here. RAs. Remember RAs in the in RA. dorm, but mine. No, we had we had an RA in our dorm. Little peon dorms that I was in. We had an RA in our dorm. And we don't talk, I think it's the third straight show we've talked about dorms. What's up, everybody? If you're on YouTube, hello. It is Wednesday afternoon, evening. And uh, if you're watching it live, that's great. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel. If you're watching it after the fact, that's great. If you're listening to the podcast, that's great. If you watch, go check out the pod. If you listen, go check out the YouTube. Um, and uh, get get in the mailbag by going to uh, Apple Podcasts. Five-star review. My eyes are burning. Five-star review. Leave us a question. Tell us your favorite bar if you want to include that. That's cool, too. And uh, we always appreciate the support there. Yeah, subscribe, share with your friends, share with your enemies. Hopefully everyone had a good Memorial Day. I guess we talked to you yesterday as well. Um, and yeah, we just attended one of the uh, most you know exciting practices I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> there were we, we, we were standing on the sideline of Niners practice Wednesday going, what did we see that mattered today? And then they actually got into some sequences where Trey Lance made some throws that actually gave us some some stuff to talk about. So we were very happy about that. Um, but we, yeah. I, I did at one point in time say the guys that are practicing right now, if they played the best team in the USFL, what this point spread would be. And uh, I went with, you know, minus eight. Well, the question nine. was, who's the quarterback of the nine of today's? Because no Fred Warner, no George Kittle, Trent Williams. We'll see him on on uh, September 1, whenever the season kicks off. No Nick Bosa. Bosa will be right there with him. Yeah. Juszczyk was there today. No Debo. Uh, they have no center. Have no center. Uh, no McGlinchey, obviously not playing. Kinlaw, not there. Maybe he just Did, had a conflict. Drake Schedule, Jackson was at Scheduling conflict for Kinlaw. <laughs> uh, no Danny Gray. No Ty Davis-Price. So uh, no, luckily... Yeah. We have eagle eyes and found some things there that are worth talking about. But the question is, who was the quarterback of this team? That's I, said, gonna... I said, I said, Purdy. We go with Purdy. He's won a lot of games, guy in the Big Twelve. So he'd have Jennings. He'd have Ayuk. He'd have a bunch of running backs. He'd have, he'd have Jim Petersons. He'd have he'd have yeah Jeff Wilson Jr. He'd have Jimmy Ward. All the corners, Chardavius Ward. Their DBs. Their DBs. All the would be DBs. Good. That would be I. So, and you said the line would be what today's Niners practice team against. Feel a little differently now that I realize you'd have Ward, Mosley, uh, both Wards. I guess right. I mean, they that it'd be hard for the guys in the USFL to get open probably on guys that have yeah. started in Super Bowls. Defense right? would be good, <laughs> right? Armstead. Wouldn't you say both Wards and and Mosley have started in the Super Bowl, right? Right. Jimmy Ward, Chardavius Ward, multiple Super Bowls, and Emmanuel Mosley started in a Super Bowl. These guys are playing in the USFL, so I will pump back my tuning, probably go minus 21, especially Kyle versus, as you said, one of Lou Holtz's seven kids is one of the coaches, I think. I think he's having a good year. The Mustangs, maybe? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I, I'll take that back. Armstead would be hard for them to block. They would. They might shut out whoever they're – they probably would shut out, honestly, whoever they're playing. It would be a shutout. The running backs, I would say that Wilson Jr., who, again, people keep on fantasy even when he's injured because he scores NFL touchdowns, might go for a couple hundred yards on the ground, right? Uh, yeah, Jermichael Hasty would have like eight for 110. Yeah. He'd catch a touchdown on a wheel route. 
Actually, Dwell- Dwelly would prom. go off. Dwelly would have a big day. Yeah. See, De- Dwelly have like five for 80 and two touchdowns in the red zone. You know, one of those. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's dive into a few things. A couple on the stream. Andrew on the stream and Big Turtle on the stream say Ambry Thomas has bulked up apparently. I actually thought he looked a little thicker today. I was looking at Ambry Thomas, and um, I'm not sure. Did we, we were in the car driving back to the studios where we do the show from, and um, I'm not sure if D'Amico Ryan said that, but I the chat telling me that I absolutely could see that in him. Good scouting by you. I wasn't didn't even notice him. I always look for Ambry. Uh, I was talking to Biederman about Ambry, so that's how I was keeping an eye on him. Um, they clearly like Ambry Thomas, right? I mean, how would they not? The way he came on last year, and I'm sure they're 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 bullish on old Ambry. Yeah, I'm Joe- pretty bullish on that. Just talk about the DBs, like all those guys there. Feels like they're pretty into it. That that felt like the group that was like kind of taking this shit seriously. The D line doesn't have a choice because they get screamed at. Oh my but god, we'll D- talk about the D line. Those guys work so hard. <laughs> yeah, but the DBs, you know, give them credit for all showing. Did, uh, Joe on the stream asked, "Did Trey look bigger than last year?" I thought Trey Sermon looked a little skinnier, but that's just eyeball test. Trey Lance, I would not say he looked bigger. What did you think? Yeah, to me, when you have that kind of thicker body type, he just, he looks the same. He looked good last year, right? The first time you ever lay eyes on him. I was thinking about this driving home. Like, that is what it's supposed to kind of look like physically. It's, It's easy to understand why he, as we're talking, they just started the match. When you see Mahomes, obviously Brady's huge and Rodgers is just a unique talent. But like when you see Mahomes and, and Josh Allen sitting next to each other, how thick they are. Now, granted, you know, Josh Allen is enormous, but Mahomes has clearly put on some girth, I would say, since he's been on the Chiefs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'd say Trey came into the league relatively big boned for a guy. That, how long did he play in college? A year and a half. That's a great point. Especially for would you, would you say like guy. Josh Allen's a big boned guy, you know? Um, big boned? Like you think he has I just mean he's thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I won't overthink it. You're right. You just you're just a thicker you're just a like I I'll give you know one guy I noticed today that like, you know, he does not look skinny was McGlinchy. McGlinchy looked, I thought, today like an offensive lineman. Yeah. Just I, I like my offensive lineman to be I wouldn't say chubby, he just looked thicker. He didn't look like frail. I think he gets knocked sometimes for like this guy just like 6'9, 220. He looked like an offensive lineman, I thought, walking around in a t shirt. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Carl on the stream says that Trey sidearm so- throw, though. Jimmy ain't throwing that. Thank you, Carl. We're going to actually show the throw. Uh, we have another video up if you're on YouTube or if you're listening, you can go to the YouTube channel. There's a, vi- a cut up of about three minutes of just Trey Lance throwing from today. Now, you're not allowed to film like seven on seven, 11 on 11 stuff. But some of the drills they do um, before that port at the early portion of practice, and one of the throws is a sidearm throw specifically that we'll show you. You, you want to hear a prediction right coming now? Coming up um, in the stream today. That what? Th- there there was a Trey Lance throw to Brandon Ayuk that the 49ers will tweet out later today. That's that will be yeah. my prediction or Instagram yeah. it out. He made two actually. The one that they won't put out because it was a a drop. Uh, I don't know if he would even call it a drop. It was just a tough play to make. He didn't make it. Um, but I thought that was a really good throw to Brandon Ayuk too. But we'll get into the, we'll break down the Trey Lance. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, they got they, the they got, a, they got a social media post coming out with Trey well, involved today. If you're the social team, you have to put out something, Trey. Right? Well, they, I, I feel like they didn't do that last week. I don't. I, I haven't seen nothing went viral. Mistake. Now's your time. 
The, the, do, guy, the, the guy from Miami's like, be careful. <laughs> you got to run this one by legal first. Al Guido needs to see it before you're allowed to post it. The player needs to see it. The player's agent needs to see it. Uh, yeah, a lot of people need to check check it off. It's a good yeah. point. DeAnthony says, Trey's body looks significantly bigger in his lone 2020 college game versus 2019 game. Uh, I don't remember that difference, but I'll we have to go back and check. Maybe it was was he wearing rib protector? Well, 2020. Well, I think part of it probably was he was a redshirt freshman. He took the year off to start training. Part of it was like he went pro once the COVID happened and they canceled the season because they canceled the uh, basically all the non-power five. Right? May does that sound early to you? May-ish. May, June, July. Yeah, I don't... That doesn't sound too early to me. I'm pretty sure that he kind of announced he was going to go pro just... Because it would have been training. like early April that things started, like basketball tournaments is when that happened, you know? Yeah, and it, it felt like the smaller schools canceled fast. And I would imagine, you know, in three, four months when you have good genetics, you start really focusing on what you're eating and lifting. Because one thing, it's hard, you know, to keep... Once you start playing the season, it's not like... How hard are you lifting, right? You you maintenance is uh, right, as right. strength coaches will say. We, we maintenance. Uh, one other question I wanted to answer. Steve O says, "Don't you have to cover the music in the video?" It's crazy. The, the, the YouTube algorithm, like the 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 copyright algorithms they have, are incredible. Because I post that Trey Lance video on our YouTube channel, and there's Niners practice music playing throughout it. The rule is we can't monetize it. The people who own the copyright to those songs can mo- can get paid off of that video. Um, so we just can't monetize is the rule. But it's wild how quickly the YouTube like copyright net catches all those songs. Wouldn't like you say that in like in the in the internet age, the and it's it's really one of the most unique things because you can do something with that playing in the background, movies, commercials, videos, whatever. That's always been a big pushback from the artists slash the record companies. Like you can't, we own this. You don't just get right. to use it. You can listen to it, but you don't yeah. get to use this on your ship. Right. Which like, I would say, do movies? Do you think movie companies is is there like a? some sort of thing that you pay a hundred thousand dollars a year and you get access to any song. Like how do they get access to all this? Like they pay for individual songs. I think if, if it's a movie, they pay for the individual song. Now, if you like for our podcast, if we wanted to play like real music, intro, outro, you know, I don't know. I, Simmons might've just paid for Pearl jam, but, but first, but uh, like, if you want to play a bunch of different songs, then I think you just subscribe to a couple of the services that pay the, uh, you know, what the, would you what would you be willing to pay for Sledgehammer? Would ten um, grand a year be too much? I think that I would not be willing to pay ten grand a year for that song. Would you? Uh, I mean, you I just don't think you me. get the I don't think you get the ROI on ten grand a year for that song. No, but it would just sound pretty sweet. Sounds good. It does but sound you good. Do, you don't really play it that long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying now, maybe that'd be part of the there's deal. There's no like, ROI. You can't play. You can't pay more than. Well, to me, it's like if we were if we did a show where it was like we analyzed music, then there's a we're we're willing to spend a lot of money. I'd say if the show was called Sledgehammer, it might be some just value in that, right? Yeah. Iceman asked, "What do sports stations pay for intro music?" I don't know what their 
one of the I think there's two different ones called ASCAP, like ASCAP, which is one of the music licensing companies. And then there's another one. I mean, it's in well, I don't most, know. most sports stations are under the umbrella of the music station. So they're all kind of intertwined, right? No, the sports stations pay for those music licenses to be able to play those songs, even though like they're under the cluster of the music stations. Totally different station. Yeah. Wow. Didn't know that. So I don't know if it's like twenty five thousand a year. I mean, it's it's not a thousand bucks. You know, no. it's it might be. Have you, have, have, have you, I don't know. Have you seen the net worth of most musicians? It's pretty high. Yeah, the good, the good ones make some cash. Yeah, so they make they make some cash for a lot of people. Yeah, and then they get some of it in the end, right? Yeah. Well, the big ones get a lot. Yeah, it's like the new podcasting, uh, you know, <laughs> exactly operations. All right, um, a few things we want to get to. Can we actually address, before we look at some... Oh, BMI, thank you. Yes, that's the other one. Um, can we address real quick what you said to me when I when, when we got to the practice field today? You're like, do you want to take back your Kyler take? I, that's not what you said, however you said it. Did our, our I just said our Kyler take, take didn't age well. Yeah. You know, like the tweet, like, that didn't age well. He did, as before I was headed to Niner practice, I see a tweet from Adam Schefter that said, Kyler Murray will be on the field today. And then when I just sat down, I looked up at J.J. Watts at the match. Now, granted, it's a 30-minute flight, so I, I would guess that J.J. Watt was at practice too. But Kyler did attend. I mean, part of my knock on him has been separate from the player, which I, I do question, just can that sustain, and I would not pay him. Was my, my mate, like, you don't show up at practice. Like, I'm, I'm out, slappy type move. Like, I don't put him in the category of Lamar, who's an older player, much more accomplished, MVP who has been, they, he's beloved in the building. Kyler has had issues. They've openly talked about it. But, like, you don't show up. Like, I, I'm sorry, I red flagged you. He did show up. Now, that's a really low bar. But, like, you and I are at fucking 49er practice, and the guy that was drafted one spot after him never attends these. So it's like, and just watching this practice, one thing I mentioned to you earlier, when Aaron Rodgers and Brady come on the screen, and Aaron Rodgers now hasn't been for several years, Tom Brady clearly doesn't go anymore. I cannot blame those guys for not attending. Now, I don't put Kyler in their category, but I, I do get, I, I can understand the side of quote-unquote star players. Now, we could argue back and forth where Kyler fall, fall. His talent outweighs his actual, the player, but I think in his mind, his talent, he views himself as, if you just said Kyler Mahomes, Josh Allen, he would call himself their equal, right? In his mind, I'm, I'm disagreeing with him, but I, I would guess him and his people view himself in that kind of group. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think he is. Not only I think we all agree is he not the player that those guys are. I don't think he's the leader that those guys are. So we talked about him a lot on Tuesday's podcast. I, I don't remember like every word of everything we said, but I, my, my opinion still holds. I think he and Cliff have kind of peaked at least maxed out i think maybe kyler could be could reach another level maybe with a, a another coach and i and cliff is not a joke i'm not saying that but um uh you know i still think he's gonna want whatever 45 million and i don't think he delivers on or off the field like to me it's one thing if you don't showing up halfway through if you just not i'm tom brady i'm not showing i just don't show up okay that's just your thing but the like the show up halfway through is kind of weird, right? Show up. Well, it's like it's through. like he got talk, he got talked into like this. Which you're not going to get paid. Like an an get, example yeah. that this that there there's not like a clear plan here. Well, so not. no, I'm I, I'm not I'm out on the guy. I just 
I, and again, I'm not, I, it sounds like I'm defending him. I, I'm really not, but he did attend. He did show up. Yeah. And okay. we were just at a practice with a team with eight pro bowlers. And I, th- the only two we saw, well, I guess use check was practicing. I didn't notice him, but I, I wouldn't blame Kyle. If he was fucking in on the East coast, hanging out, right. Kittle and, and, and Fred were in shorts. Clearly, you know, Kyle said last week they were injured. Are they? I mean, it was just like they don't, we're not risking it. And I don't blame them. And their two best, most talented, three most talented players are in completely different states. Like physical states or, or state of minds? Well, I think Debo would fall under both, but the other two are literally just in other states. <laughs> it depends on the day what state Debo's in. Is I, I, I would guess Trent's from Texas, but... Where would you guess Trent Williams is from? Uh, yeah, Virginia, Texas. Texas is a good guess. Yeah. Where, where do you play college ball? Oklahoma. Okay, so. Longview, Texas. Longview, Texas. Well, here's what I know, and here's what Nick Saban would tell you if he was uh, on our screen. Trent Williams coming out of Longview, Texas. Do you know All where right. he's not going anymore? Oklahoma. Do you know where he would be playing? He'd be a J- with Jimbo. A&M. Don't you think he'd go to AM? They'd pay him seven million dollars. <laughs> Somebody would. Jimbo, Jimbo would. Not Jimbo. I don't oh, handle yeah. the cash. I was in the bathroom. What happened while I was gone? I, I, you I committed? Want, Fantastic. I just want these guys to stop running away from this topic. Like they, they still feel very dirty about Until talking. Until it's about not it. illegal for them to do it, they're going to keep running away. They run away. Didn't Jimbo say only one of his 11? Not not 11 of our early enrollees. Only one has an NIL deal. I love when they add this. I checked. (laughs) I'm glad you checked. All right. Sure, buddy. Uh, uh, John, here is one throw from Trey Lance's day that we were allowed to film. We're going to talk about coming up some of the throws we saw that we were not allowed to film. But let's talk about one throw that Trey Lance made that um, stood out to us. And the video is, for those of you watching, let's watch the video together. Here it is. Trey Lance to the left of your screen. And uh, we'll run it a couple times, but let's watch this this throw here. Play action. And he's got kind of the sidearm fling. My first reaction when I saw this was kind of Kyler-esque or Rodgers-esque with the footwork. And the sidearm, this is obviously he's simulating kind of a game situation where he's avoiding a pass rusher, maybe somebody at his side, somebody reaching up in front of him. He's got to throw it around them to the flat. Go go play-by-play for the uh, podcast audience if this was an actual play and that guy was an untouched rusher. Oh. uh, It's hard. hard. (laughs) Yeah, here we go. Trey Lance, play action, under pressure, Bosa sidestep. Uh, Yeah, it's too too hard. (laughs) But um, what do you think? I mean – I would say I didn't notice this. Good film work by you. You have to be like, look out. Get rid of it, Trey. This is a, uh, I would say this is an encouraging sign. Because one thing I would say Jimmy really struggled with doing is ad-libbing. And a couple times he ad-libbed this year where those kind of rollouts. You're like, oh my God, this is going to be sweet. And then he threw it right to the other team. Now this is, there's no defenders. There's an equipment guy that's catching the ball. And I told you, He's actually pretty good. I, I didn't see a ball hit the ground. He caught everything. He's got good hands for an equipment guy. Uh, I would just say it's encouraging just being able to move the arm angle around, right, and still put velocity because he's got a really big arm. Like, this is what when someone in the chat was saying about his size. To me, his size, last year when I saw him, right away you go, 
that looks like a big-time NFL prospect. Now he's an NFL player, and I was thinking about this on the drive home. Like Now it's about like putting all the physical gifts together, and so is Fields is going to be trying to do that, Zach Wilson trying to do it, and then become a good player. And we're just watching Mahomes and Josh Allen. They do the basic things pretty well, but what really has put them, why they can sit next to Brady and Rodgers, is they do spectacular things. And part of the reason we pounded the table for Fields or Lance, I'm not giving up on Fields yet, even though I think it's probably going to be a tough season for him, over Mac Jones was I can live with some of the shitty. Mahomes has some shitty. Jimmy had a ton of shitty. I'm paying for the spectacular here when I'm drafting really high. And obviously this is a simulated drill where the dude gets to just come off. But that that is a play that happens sometimes, right? In Kyle's offense, play action, you try to get the backside guy to bite. Well, if you're playing and now half of his minions are all over the league, I would imagine during the week it's like, stay home, stay home, stay home, stay home. It's He's going to be put in that predicament, I would bet, $50,000 this season, potentially in September, right? They run the ball a lot, they do play action, and they're going to use his athleticism. So, like, can he ad-lib? Mahomes, Josh Allen, Rodgers ad-lib the shit out of it. That's really not a Brady play because you wouldn't put him in a – you wouldn't put Brady in that predicament, right? He's not athletic enough. But those guys, the guys that can move and they can make things happen if it's not there. And to me, that – and again, I'm not saying he's – like, I don't know if it's going to translate to the game. Time will tell. But that's what you're envisioning w- when you take a huge swing. It's just like – I have no clue how we just got a 27-yard gain. Well, it's because he stopped on a dime, he threw it from his his shoulder, and he got it 15 yards over a defender, right? So I think what's interesting when we talk about the differences between practice and games sometimes is I think that... It always goes back to Mac Jones. (laughs) In the the chat. I think that, um, like... There are a lot of things that professional athletes, the elite of the elite, can do in non-game situations. And then what happens is you you move up from high school to college to the NFL, and even for some of the best of the best, somewhere along the way you realize, well, I can't do that and get away with it at this level. And then there's a few guys like Mahomes and Rodgers and Josh Allen whose physical skills are so great that the things that other people have to cut out of their diet, so to speak, or t- have to take off the table, they can keep doing because they they just the, the, the league never says to them, oh, you shouldn't make that play. It's not worth the risk. And I think Garoppolo oftentimes uh, one of the things you loved about Jimmy, it's kind of the, the Romo esque part of him was he had this like what every guy who plays quarterback grew up. Like in the 90s or early 2000s, you were just Favre, man. Like everyone wanted to make Favre throws. You know when you sprint like five yards to the left and you just let it rip? But you when you it do rip. it in your backyard, it skips. You're like, God. But guess what? Brett got old. And in the end, Brett threw a middle-of-the-field interception in the playoffs to end his career, right? Yeah, like sad. eventually it gets it gets everybody. But the question the is... Guy, NFC Championship game. NFC Championship game. But the question is when you are... At your peak, who can pull it off and who can't? And I think one of the things that made that makes Garoppolo a roller coaster is he's got some, he's, I think, pretty creative mentally. He's got some creative mind. And there are some things he tries to do that if he was more physically capable, and I mean like elite, like Mahomes or 
he would get away with some stuff, but he's not, and he doesn't get away with it. Because wouldn't you say like Tony Romo is the best version of Jimmy? You know, he's a little better athlete, a little bigger, but in that same vein where you're like, if Tony probably in a weird way would have played more like Phillip Rivers, Brady, and Manning, like more under control, every once in a while done it, but it felt like the, all, both those guys were like, I got this. It's like, well, I don't think if you should be in Time to make a play. Not. Yeah. Well, that's what would Tom Brady do right here? He'd hit the ground or he'd throw it at the guy's feet immediately, right? Because he, he he just wouldn't fuck around. Right. Because he, he's been ingrained in his mind like there is no fuck around in this spot. We always live to fight another day. Mahomes, at minimum, would do a 360 and try to run away. Which Herbert, can be dangerous. Yeah, and it gets him in trouble. Josh Allen might just grab the defender, throw him to the ground, and keep running around and then throw a <laughs> touchdown. Yeah. But ultimately, like, this is what the Mahomes effect is. This is really what you're looking for. 20, 30 years ago, like when we were kids, that was like doing the – like, no, they didn't want any of that, right? They just want pocket quarterbacks. You know, they wanted – NFL starting versions of like Nate Sudfeld, 6'4", tall, big arm. That's not – this is where I go back to giving Kyle and just the group credit for at least taking the swing is like, I got to take a swing on this now because the the rules, you know, it's not really just a – you have Trey Lance, if he's going to be a great player, is going to have to win within the pocket. Josh does it. Mahomes does it. All the good – Lamar's gotten better at it. Herbert's thrived at it. So that's that that's not going to change. But what's going to make him a really good player to me is going to be the the ad lib ability, and I do think that was a huge reason in the in the draft room that ultimately Kyle, whether he started with Mac or or even if they went in even, ended up with this guy. I, I the 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 upside is just not there with McCorkle because that ultimately I think was as we've talked about it, it was Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Yeah, I um. I'm not saying Mac might be able to do some semblance of this. I'm not acting like he's just. Well, I don't think Mac's some scrub. Look, John. I mean, part of why we talk about Trey Lance now, the time is now to play him. Is part of this is he has to prove to Kyle Shanahan that Kyle shouldn't try to reel him in when he goes off script. Right. That's part of what he's got to earn. And the reality is, when you're your first year as a rookie, most of what you do is not that stuff that we're looking at here. Most of what you do is. Whatever Kyle Kyle's going to scheme open, Jamichael Hasty on some wheel route, and I just got to hit him in stride. And you remember, it'll be a you, let's just assume they're a good team. Jamichael Hasty may not make the team, but but Trey is just solid. Remember early on in Russell's career, it was like Russell just benefited from great defense, Marshawn Lynch, and then it was proved like the more he got to cook, the more he got to cook. All he wanted to do was cook, and then it, it's going to be fascinating. I would say one of the main differences is like ultimately Pete, like his success at USC running the ball. Kyle, like Jimmy has been allowed to do a lot of stuff. Now, Jimmy has earned that trust early, you know, in 17 and and in 19 when they were having some success early on. I'm going to be fascinated by just the the leash that he gives, the way he calls games. Because last year, and I I remember defending him, even though it was concerning that Arizona game. Kyle just went in there with like a, a a very very basic game plan, and I think he would tell you over beers, like I, I was not going to put the kid in an uncompromising situation like that. That's it's not about my ego; it's about the safety of him and just giving him. If he knows seven plays really well, just try to run these seven plays. We got the talent around him to attempt to win the game. Looking back, I don't think it's that crazy because remember, people were pissed. He was running the same play over and over. And it was like, yeah, well, I mean, the guy's twenty one years old coming from North Dakota State. Maybe Trey will say one day, like, listen, that, that, that was a pretty intense environment. 
And Arizona yeah. at the time, remember, was like six and zero. Oh. They had guys on defense just crushing people. I mean, it was they were not your typical Arizona Cardinal team. They were coming in. You could argue that game going in, they were the best team in the NFL on the road. Remember the hit that he took, either Isaiah Simmons or Buda Baker on the goal line. It was like, yep. Oh my god. Yep. But I, I guess my ultimate point, just watching this, what I think, you just watch him at practice. I don't think it's going to look as a guy. We haven't seen one. Now we've only been to two practices and they were combined, you know, two hours and 30 minutes. I have not seen one to the zone, anything in that vague, which is, which is encouraging. Cause you know, he can do that. Just the zone yeah, they, read kind of. So crap. they did, they did drill. What that, they, that I noticed their, their early quarterback drills. They did some of that stuff where it was like, it'd be Trey Lance taking the snap. Nate Sudfeld playing running back, standing beside him, presumably like in a pistol, or I guess not a pistol, a shotgun, off to his left, and he would do like hand, pull, and then... To basically just get like the RPO footwork down. Yeah, yep, yep. And all all of them did it. But in terms of running plays, no, they didn't. Which, in fairness to even Trey Lance, like that is an NFL staple now. Like every team runs the RPO. Yeah. Right. Especially with a quarterback that can move a little bit. Like every team in the league has that in their playbook. Yeah. Right. And it'll be Debo standing next to him though when he runs it in the game. Yeah. Making seventeen million dollars a year or twenty eight. <laughs> Weighing two hundred and thirty five pounds. No, no, no. We're kidding. Uh all right, John. Before we talk about some of the other throws from Trey Lance that we're not able to show you, let's talk about our friends at Sleep Number. Sleep number dot com slash ham go right now to sleepnumber.com slash ham guy I was laying in my sleep number bed which i've had for years and uh i, I went to i got in it last night about 7 30 and i turned on uh we own the city i think it's called it's mm. uh it's a on hbo max I highly recommend a good show. The guy that looks like he's a Wahlberg but isn't a Wahlberg. Yeah, is that-, that guy yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah i love that guy I don't know what and, his name is, but and, good actor. And I, 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 all of a sudden, my eyes open, and it's like midnight. I passed out probably like 830 because I was just so comfortable, so comfortable. And um, I owed all the sleep number. And I, I love my sleep IQ bed. Can't recommend it enough. Yeah, here, based on uh, the average sleep IQ data, sleepers who use their 360 smart bed technology get almost 30 minutes more of restful, restful sleep per night. That's up to... 170 hours per year, no matter how you like to sleep uh, or maybe a partner likes to sleep. There's something for everybody. John softer likes a 40 on a sleep number. I like a little firmer 55. That's okay. Something for everybody, something for everybody. There's no better time to try the sleep 30 challenge by sleep number. It's a 30 day sleep wellness program shown to improve sleep quality and to change your sleep habits for the better. Check out the program for free anytime by going to, mysleep30.com and right now discover special offers for a limited time at your sleep number store or just go to sleepnumber.com slash ham that's sleepnumber.com slash ham sleep number proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep yes it is yeah prize picks is where it's at prize picks america's number one fantasy sports app with more than five million users I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani less season long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats 
for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on Prize Picks, you can go Anthony Edwards more than 29 points and Nikola Jokic more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time's the time to join because star players mean more on Prize Picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So right now, download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, code HAM50. First deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it. Four years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you... Free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Okay, let's talk about what else we saw from... Uh, ooh, uh, what was this? Does Ken says, does Brock Purdy have a chance of making the roster? We've answered this question before, but we'll keep answering it. Yes. Yeah. Well, to me, he's at minimum a lock to make the practice squad. That's a better answer. Yes. And it'll just come down to feels like there's a new are there rules you get the third quarterback. I, I'm not sure. I'm not up on the uh I'm not exactly uh what's the guy's name? M- McKay that runs the Joel Atlanta Corey. Falcons. Oh yeah, w- one of those guys with the, the, not on, Adam the rules, McKay. on the rules committee. Is that guy still running the Falcons? I feel like he is. Uh, Bob McKay. Not Bob. Uh, uh, no, tall, skinny guy, wears bald yeah. well. Rich. Rich McKay. Rich McKay. I mean, the guy's been a CEO of three different teams. He's, I don't know him. I, this is not a personal shot. Feels like he's got a pretty good racket going. Just you know what's funny? CEOs, the team. <laughs> he's never, like, he never gets in trouble if they win or lose. He was a GM of Tampa, 94 to 03. So when Gruden was there, then he just became president CEO. Maybe he realized, like, get, I don't, the wins and losses don't fall under me, but I still get paid seven figures. 
Yeah. It was funny as I just looked him up. I was going to say to you, I feel like Rich McKay has been 63 for the last 25 years. And I look, he's 63. He's like, he just got, he's, I think maybe he went white hair early and he's got the good short kind of goatee thing with the white, which is a good look. Do you know why I thought of him? And just because this is his wiki and it makes sense. Every time you hear about league meetings, like, you know, Rich McKay was running this. McKay is the longest standing member in the history of the NFL competition committee. <laughs> wow. So there's no competition on his election, I guess. Well, it feels huh? like most like Andy's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to transition off this committee. 26 you know, this straight years. <laughs> is it a long time on the competition committee? He's just like, uh, he's got a niche, man. Is he a made man in the NFL mob? It feels like it, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, he was part of the 11 negotiating CBA. He's part of the health and safety committee. He's just on every committee. That's smart. He helps He helps with the CBA. I think he's. he might be like, uh, you know, good relationships with the PA. So he's just, he's useful. Yeah, I mean, Tampa, did the Glazers own the Bucks then? Uh, they definitely did when Gruden got there. So maybe not oh, in the three. early 90s, but. Maybe they fired him or. Because they Left paid Al Davis up, the yeah. $8 million bucks, So, yeah, they fired him. Then he went to the Falcons. I mean, he's been on the Falcons for 20 years, GM and president. Kind of genius, like Pat Riley, but without the resume. He, I mean, it's, yeah, it's kind of, you're right, because he drafted Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks. Like, he drafted him. And Mike Allstott and Warren Dunn and Rondé Barber. He must have inherited old John, huh? John, man, you and I had a good debate about John Lynch today at practice. I said, uh, we pointed at him, and John Lynch, honestly, from the angle we were at, and George was about 15 feet away, looked very similar in size. For John being, I mean, he's got to be 50-plus, looks fantastic. And I said, in their primes, George obviously in his prime, John Lynch probably prime, 99, 2000, 2001. Collide in the open field. In a game, too. So not like fake drill. Like in an open field where they're going to collide. And George loves collisions. John loves collisions. Who would you Who would you put your money on? And then you asked me, do you think today he could bring George to the ground? I said, could John Lynch tackle George Kittle today? Because uh, how, what does Kittle weigh? Like 250? No, I, I guess. Yeah, E, e, yeah, I would guess 250 is pretty big. Yeah, 235 maybe. Feels like that's a little low for him. But regardless, what do you think John Lynch weighs? John Lynch might weigh as much. Might weigh I would imagine John Lynch weighs more now than when he played would be my guess, but I could be wrong. George Kittle at the Combine. Yeah, well, you're right. Weigh 247. Yeah, maybe weighs 250. So... I don't. I'm not saying like one on one in a drill right now. That's no, just, no, that, but like if eleven on eleven, <laughs> John Lynch is coming downhill. Kittle is not exposed. Like he just he's got the ball and he's running. I think there's a chance Lynch could bring him. Like I don't think he would pop him, and but I think he might make the tackle. I think would he, he might make. Could the tackle. he? Would he be allowed to tackle the way that he created his Hall of Fame resume? Well, it depends. I, we, you and I say no, but when we had John Lynch on the podcast, we interviewed him at Levi Stadium, and we had a video, his like highlight video, and I said like I think a lot of these hits would be illegal today, and he was like, no, he was kind of he's, he it kind of got his fire going a little bit. He's like, no, those are legit, those are clean hits. <laughs> I think what would happen, and he might have to admit this too, is 
George would get fine. Let's say they had a collision because John Lynch. I mean, if George Kittle weighs two fifty, what's John right now? Two thirty eight, two forty two. Like he's he ain't two twenty. <laughs> so if he his clavicle might snap, you know, if like you get into an old car that hasn't been driven and something just breaks, like it just might be, you know, the wear and tear on the old bones. <laughs> yeah, you know that to me that might happen, or like a muscle gets ripped. The chances that everything would stay intact on that collision for John and George would be pretty low. Yeah, you guys should all in on one hit, you know, just all in for one big hit. If the match makes money, could you do stuff like that in the NFL and people pay for it? Like, so it's not a it's not a celebrity boxing match. It's not Frank Gore boxing. It's like no, it's guys in pads doing some like pros you know, versus Joes. Yeah, some collisions, but just former pros. Just like, collisions. Just collisions. Like, like could Dion? I guess Dion doesn't have a fo- uh, toes. It's just Oklahoma drill. Like coming up tonight on TNT. <laughs> yeah. Or like, hey, would you watch five routes? Darrell Revis on Jamar it's Chase. The, <laughs> it's the 2007 Buccaneers defense taking on. <laughs> The yeah, would 1998 you, Cowboys offense. Would you watch Max Scherzer throw a uh, uh, simulated couple ABs to Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire? You know, do stuff like that. Football's a little harder because there's collisions. Yeah, or even would you not, would it be, sh- so you'd want one active and one old guy. Like, would you watch Michael Jordan just do the, th- you do like a, not the three-point contest, but make it like long twos and just go around round robin with the five balls, you know? Have you, have you ever played, the game that's called Michael Jordan video game. No, no, no. It's it, uh, my, our buddy AJ showed me this years ago. It's an incredible workout. Basically what it is, you play to 11. It's you against Michael Jordan. It's like, if you have a, if you're by yourself, like playing at a, like at a hoop, like real life, not metaverse. And what you do is you just go back and forth, taking elbow jumpers. If you make one, it's one point. If you miss it, Michael Jordan gets two points because <laughs> this cause MJ hits all those shots. It never misses. <laughs> never misses. So it's just, you just catch elbow, jumper, elbow. Ideally, you have a rebounder. If you have a rebounder, it is a fucking workout. doesn't sound like it would be, but it is. You're just going back and forth, elbow, 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 elbow. And I, it's almost impossible. It's so how hard many, to How win. many steps do you think between the elbows? Well, you know, you do a little curl. You do a little yeah. short, you do a little curl around. So, you know, maybe four, but it's your legs just after a while, just give out. And, um, it's impossible. I don't think I've ever beaten MJ in that game. It's so hard. It's a you're great- not al- you're not alone, guy. <laughs> it's a great game. Highly recommend if you got a hoop. Uh, I recommend playing it. It's a lot of fun. And it's really hard, and it's a great workout. I have to do that one day. I got a basketball hoop down the street for me. Yeah, I, I've been itching to get out. All right, John. Let's talk about throws we saw from Trey Lance. What did we think of the day that Trey Lance had Wednesday, June one, Forty Niners open OTA? What stood out? I-, I was impressed given who he's playing with. I, I thought if I came away. Now, again, I don't have the tape. Is he going to the right reads? I mean, that's that would, only Kyle and Trey would, and the other offensive players would truly know that. Clearly, he was going every time Brandon Ayuk was in, he was going after Brandon Ayuk, and I don't blame him. I mean, if Brandon Ayuk's got to be looking around like, why the hell am I out here? So it's like, if I'm going to run a route, throw it to me. But I, I just, uh, there, there were a couple throws where there was definitely one where I thought he did the awful drop way down, and it really stood out to me. But for the most part, I don't watch his release and go, this is going to be a huge detriment. Now, again, it's a simulated situation. But I, I've come away these two weeks being pretty positive with the skill set, him making the throws, had a couple wow throws. Don't feel like he's had many that have like – one thing Jimmy used to do, and it's, this is probably because his arm is – if Trey's throwing 96, Jimmy was throwing 91. 
a lot less like guys jumping routes that are going to pick it off. Now, that's inevitable, but I have not seen that yet in these two games with a guy get in front of a route that's way late just because the ball's going a little slower and the guy picking it off. So my, my overall take is just came away pretty positive. Like, that's a 22-year-old project. Like, we're making progress. It feels just... He feels like an NFL player to me. That's now. Does that mean it's going to translate to be thirty-eight touchdowns, or could easily be twenty-two? But I just mean like, if I was standing on the sideline as the, you know, national scout, work for John Lynch, I'd feel pretty positive about what we got in this player. Now, I would say of all the positions, quarterback is the hardest to keep translating. Right, as game plans come, as opponents come, as guys get injured and you start playing with different guys. The one thing I told you, now their two best wide receivers are not tall guys. Like, I think ideally you would like one of your two wide receivers. Like, I'm not, I would rather have Debo with Kyle than AJ Brown. But if you said they had AJ Brown, right? Or, I mean, Jamar Chase isn't huge, but he fucking plays big. A guy like that with Ayuk or a guy like that with Debo. I'm not saying I want Debo on the team, but I just think he's not. I wouldn't call him pinpoint accurate. Like, that's just not what he's going to hang his hat on early in his career. We saw it a little last year. I think you notice it practice. It's just, that's fine. You know, Josh Allen wasn't pinpoint accurate, right? You got to make the big plays on top of that. But it, the the one I just, now luckily, I, Debo and Ayuk are very, very skilled, right? I mean, they, they played with a guy I wouldn't call pinpoint the last several years and pulled it off okay. But they're going to have to, you know, there's going to be a lot of catching radius used, <laughs> On the, now, they're smaller guys, so it's like Jawan Jennings. They had multiple Jawan Jennings that would be helped. They do have Kittle, which matters. Yeah, you know we still haven't seen. There was Jennings. I'm gonna do. I you don't. Know, it's hard to Jimmy Ward might dispute, so it's hard to know what was supposed to happen on a play. But here's the basics. I'll tell you the basic. Jennings was past Jimmy Ward on a ball that did not come to Jennings. And I really want, I watched that play unfold because I was watching Jennings and Jimmy Ward line up against each other. And um, I wanted Trey Lance to throw that ball because it wasn't a ball we get to see him throw much. He threw a deep ball to Marcus Johnson, one of their, you know, uh, receivers. And uh, he's not a big guy. It was not, there was not really a play to be made. You actually thought it was a good throw because you thought he put it in a place where only his receiver was going to get it. And it was he's really down the left. He's down the left sideline. It was on Marcus Johnson, who, again, I don't think anyone listening or watching this could point this guy out of a lineup. It was on the shoulder on the side of the out of bounds where he had to pivot that way. Now, the DBs, there were a couple guys that just made a play. It was hard to tell. And all right, like, did you feel a DB got his hand on the ball? Not that he dropped it or no, I thought that he put the ball on the sideline and in part maybe because of some contact, in part because of the rec- they just the receiver couldn't just didn't get there. Yeah. Right. Or the ball wasn't thrown to him. But I'm with you. I thought it looked like it it didn't it was not a bad throw, even though it was an incompletion. I would say um, Jimmy Garoppolo probably doesn't make that like doesn't even throw that type ball. I think it just That's not really his route. I just think it illustrates your point about it's really hard to tell with some of these situations. And I and I do think the Niners, you know, it I, there's potentially a part of Debo's game, which is his deep ball receiving, that because of Jimmy Garoppolo's strengths and weaknesses has not been a part of the 49ers playbook. But, you know, throwing the ball down the field is hard. Accuracy down the field is hard. And 
one thing I'd be interested in, and Danny Gray didn't, a lot of the rookies weren't practicing today. Is 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 there a guy? Is Danny Gray that guy that can get open down the field a lot? When I say open, I don't mean a step on the man and you're throwing it through a tight window. I mean open by five yards, eight yards, and you just got to hit him. And maybe it's Debo. I don't know. But a lot of those things tend to happen on wheel routes that Kyle Shanahan schemes up or the tight end coming down the seam. But he made a, re- I thought, a nice throw. Uh, well, for, how about the Iuke? There were two Iuke plays. He went to Iuke a lot. Um, one on a kind of one of those passes out to the sideline where the ball has to be low, kind of at the defenders, at the uh, receiver's feet because the defender, the corner is right there and can jump the route. And uh, Ayuk had to go down to the ground to try and catch it, and he couldn't get it. Like, you know, it kind of went through his arms under his chest as he was diving down facing the quarterback. But it, but I, I know you you thought on that throw. Touch it, you clutch it. Yeah, it was the only place. I bet Ayuk would say he should catch the ball. And how about the other throw to Ayuk that you thought was good? Well, to me, it's the classic, like, they're in a zone defense, and Ayuk, you know, is probably 15 to 20 yards down the field, and there's an underneath defender that kind of is looking at Trey, but is is not parallel with Ayuk, is a little off, but the moment the ball's thrown is able to get parallel with Ayuk, and you have to place it over his head as the safety or other defensive back is coming over, probably the safety, right, from the hash to, in John Lynch's day, kill you. In today's day, probably jump at the ball. And you you have to put it over a guy and to the left of a guy coming. It has to be, I would say, the radius for that throw is a couple yards, right, for it to be complete. And it has to be perfect. We we Jimmy and a lot, a lot of guys have made the throw when you don't throw it high enough, it gets picked by the front defender, Yeah, right? And Fred Warner. If, and if you don't have a great arm – it floats up there and the DB can break up it probably at, you know, PBU type. Right. Or hit the guy as he's catching in and just breaks it up. And he, this is where his arm strength comes in. That's, that's a touch throw because you're throwing it on a rope, but it has to have a little loop, but it has to be fast. Right. And again, like we were talking earlier, for that skill set is why you are, there were a couple throws a day where I bet if you're a coach on the staff and optimistic and, and bullish on this player, you're excited about. I mean, you're making these in June. Like, let's let's fucking go, right? Because that's type plays that I would not trust Jimmy Garoppolo to make. It, it, honestly, if Jimmy Garoppolo could make more splashy plays, I would say he would exponentially be viewed as a better player. It's I think the reason he's so average is he's just viewed on like his best throws are like the, the slants. You know, he doesn't really have the explosive plays. And one thing was pretty clear last year. With Ayuk, Kittle was banged up a little bit, but definitely toward the end of the year, and, and Debo was like, explosive plays were there for these guys. Because Jimmy hit him when he had to happen in that Rams game, week 18 again in the playoffs, he hit a couple. But I would say the majority of the year, they weren't hitting plays like that, right? Their no. explosive plays came in the run game. So if no. they could to get the plays in the passing game to go along with the run game, that to me is where can your offense be like 12th overall you know be you don't have to be like a top five offense but their defense is going to be really good their run game is going to be good if their passing game cannot just be i don't even know where they rank last year but it feels like they rank low does it feel like they rank low to you in terms of what like pass passing yardage yeah i guess it depends how you would he definitely didn't throw that many touchdowns relative to like high-end players yeah i mean i i think in terms of yardage they had to be near the bottom of the league right 
yeah, I'll look it up right now. Feels feels low. Yeah, what you don't want, I keep going back to this, but what you don't want, it's great when you have the lead to run a 14-play drive, but if, you know, you don't want to have to always, you, you want to be able to score in five plays or four plays sometimes, and the only way to do that, unless you get a great return, is to push the ball down the field through the air. A little higher than you think. 17? Yeah, well, you know, ESPN doesn't rank them, but they're probably like 13th, 14th. Okay. But here, but here's where it's skewed, right? Is Jack. Yeah. I mean, they, they hit probably three quick screens over 60 plus yards. Like they, they're like they are right next to the Vikings, for example, and the Cardinals. Those teams, I, I watch the Vikings, they fucking bomb it down the field. The Cardinals, I mean, Kyler throws some bombs. The, the Niners, to me, it's just skewed because of the this is where you got to put stats into context. Like they hit big passing plays behind the line of scrimmage that went for 70. I mean, it happened. It, it's how Debo became a legend, right? IU hit a couple. Kittle, if Kittle has a 20 yard play, a lot of times he catches it relatively short and breaks a tackle. And that's, well, that's part of the good thing. Like you have that in the bag. If you can just get your normal plays where you can just catch it 20 yards and hit the ground, imagine just adding that element. You know, it's funny. I'm looking at a set here that says Jimmy had 55. 55- Passes of 20 yards or more tied with Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, and one more than Justin Herbert. Kyle deserves a raise. I don't know if those are air yards, though. The ball. Yeah, it says passing attempts that travel 20 plus yards that travel. That feels skewed to me, doesn't it? Yeah. You know what's crazy is in 2021, the average yard per pass for the 49ers was 8.6. This this is blowing. This feels fucking crazy to look at. They're number two in the league, only behind Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. And, and Burrow, right was, behind, Burrow, I think, was the statistically the best deep ball throw in the league last year. Right ahead of the Rams, who were also throwing bombs. Like the Niners, we all watched them. They were not playing like the Bengals and the Rams. They were not. Part of like our whole thing with the Rams was like the Rams went to this pass heavy bombs away, and the Niners were like, run it. Yet the stats, and this shows you to me. I, I, that Jimmy stat, I mean, I I remember it honestly sounds a little familiar. They hit touchdowns that were fucking basically handoffs. Shanahan, handoffs. I mean, this does this make Shanahan look even sweeter when you see some of these things? Well, <laughs> yeah. You know, the one thing we didn't get to see, I think Brock Purdy hit Jamichael Hasty today. Here's what's guaranteed to happen. And it happened to the Niners in the Packer game, right? Late. And it's happened... They missed the play to use check. There is a wheel route or somebody leak out fullback, whatever, whatever you want to call it. That's the guy is going to be WAO wide ass open. And like three things can happen. You can miss them like Jimmy did with use check in the Titans game. You can hit him, but like under throw him, or he's got a dive and it's a 17 yard gain. But God damn it, if he'd caught it, it would have been 70 yards and a touchdown or something, right? And even if he gets hawked, it's 50 yards. And yeah. you're at your 20, you're now at your other 20. Uh, that play's coming. And we have not, I've, I wish the last two weeks we would have gotten to see Trey make that throw. We I, That's one of the throws I want to see Trey make. Again, not that I'm going to make any conclusion other than that. I know for a fact that throw is going to be twice to this year. Wide ass open. 
Would you say the John Gruden Spider Two Wide Spider Two Wide Banana is Kyle Shanahan's running back slash use check leak play? Yeah, he fucking yearns and and lives not only for the play but like the time is now. Call it. You know, it's it's not it's not just the play. It's hit him now. That's right. Like it's like it's like I think you know, if you were boxing and you think the left's coming. That's when Kyle goes, John, throw the right jab to the kidney. He's going down. I think you just nailed it. Whenever you hear a play caller talk about plays, one thing they always say, and Shanahan said it last week, it's like, I'm not inventing anything new for the most part. Like, there's some weird, but for the most part. Well, you're, you're saying a running back leak is not a new concept? But like, you know, okay, Jeff, uh, what was the play we always talk about? Brand Ayuk lines up at tight end or whatever that play was on the goal line. Um but I think the fun of it is the but that's just that's just changing formations, running plays, right? Ultimately, that, yeah, that's running true. plays. But at least that that is. But yeah, I don't you no, think you just made me think? I think the part that's fun is the timing. When do I do? You know, well, I think I've Andy, got a fastball, Andy, I've got a curveball, I got a slider, I got to change. But when do I throw? Well, I think many people think Andy Reid's like the greatest screen caller of all time, and part of a screen right is to know when to call the screen. If you call the screen when they know it's coming, it sucks. <laughs> but when you call the screen correctly, and it's he's now instituted, a play call that you can make when they know it's coming. No, but he's now instituted like the screen to Kelsey, like right in front of the line of scrimmage. Like he, they have so many different variations. It's always like, how did that work? They run it every week because the timing of when to run it. It's yeah. honestly the defense, same deal. Like a great, like a Dick LeBeau, who's a great blitz caller. It's like. Every offensive lineman in the league has seen like an A gap blitz or a B gap blitz. But if you call it at the right time or when they think something else is coming or disguise, it's like, how did that defensive lineman go untouched? Because it's the timing. It's to me, it's my favorite part. I don't get that into schemes in terms of the actual plays, but of the scheming against each other and the timing of the battle between the two coordinators and the execution. And this is where it gets back to. It, it does get a little about the Jimmys and the Joes sometimes because you give Kyle, you give Andy, you give these big-time coaches, Belichick, some of his great teams, great players. It's just hard for you not to win double-digit games, right? Yeah, and then when those great players become as good as coaches on the field, right? Nick Foles saying, let's do Philly-Philly here or Philly special here. Um, Patrick Mahomes suggesting Wasp. uh some of the stuff, the stories like Ed Reed and Ray Lewis telling people what to do, right? Troy Polamalu like lining everyone up. Yep. Yep. I know the Chiefs always, they thought Honey Badger on their defense. Like the last couple of years, the Chiefs defense got a lot better. He just was like a coach out there for everybody. That's why they went to, you know, they transitioned. They couldn't just go with the player. Like they went with Justin Reed, who's a Stanford football, you know, his brother's football player. Like they need, you need to mind out there. We see at practice Jimmy Ward. Right, like Jimmy is just a really high-level, smart football player. It's honestly, it's like uh, I'm not trying to pile on this guy, but Jonathan Abram, like you can't have your safety be dumb. Your safety can't be dumb. Your middle linebacker can't be dumb. Obviously, your quarterback can't be dumb. Like I can't, my point guard can't be dumb. Like there's certain positions, like your catcher can't be dumb. You kind of got to know what the fuck's going on. Like at, a, at at the pro level, at a really high level. Yeah. So we're looking around practice today, and we mentioned this to start the podcast, going, okay, who's here? And the one guy who always stands out because he's taller than everybody and now is one of the elder statesmen of the team and one of the better players is Eric Armstead. 
And I think a great measure of somebody, and I don't think this applies to football player OTA attendance because good guys skip OTAs, but just in general in life is does somebody do what they don't have to do because it's the right thing to do? And I'm not saying OTAs is the right thing to do. I'm not applying that test to football. I'm not saying you don't go, you only do what's required and that makes you a bad guy. I'm not saying that. But I think if we could just observe people in life, you know, kind of hard knocks, peeking on them without them knowing, I think one of the things you'd watch for if you watched somebody is do they just do things to help others, to do the right thing, to make their community better, to help out a friend, to volunteer to help a friend before they ask, whatever. Yeah, I can give you a ride. And the one thing you look up, like Eric Armstead is just there. Jimmy Ward is just there on a day when a lot of people aren't sweating it out in pads at their stature. Well, I think when they made the trade to get rid of DeForest Buckner, it was a double whammy. It was they're getting rid of one of their best players, but they're getting rid of one of their best people. And you would say at the time, I, I would say on the Super Bowl team, one guy was young and one guy was old, but it felt like Sherman and DeForest Buckner were kind of the leaders of that team. On, on on defense, but I'd even say it felt like DeForest Buckner and Sherman were kind of the leaders of the team. Specifically DeForest, though, because he had been there. Like, he was a 49er. And when they made the move, it's like, well, now they, they went with Armstead. He was a little cheaper, but what they're going to lose in DeForest, I would say the last couple of years, it feels like Armstead has kind of become DeForest Buckner. Just community awards, what the way he's viewed around here. He's winning this award as we're speaking tonight uh, at the uh, Dwight Clark thing that Mayoko puts on with Steve Young, and you just watch him at practice. You go, well, it's not just it's not just because he's a good guy and people like him. Like he's when your best player is also your best leader and also your hardest worker. Like it's Steph Curry, Tom Brady, and I'm not saying Armstead's not those guys, but when you get that level of a leader who also is just a complete grinder, like I I've not done a complete 180 because I I thought in that Super Bowl team he that was his kind of come to the league moment when he became like, this guy's a high end player, but I, I was nervous. Like, could he sustain it? And he sustained it pretty well. And he's been really impressive. But you, today is just a sign. Like there was a point when we walked on the one side of the field, I, I, I just looked around. I was like, are there 50 guys on this practice? field? It looked really small relative to a normal 90 man. I mean, honestly, yeah. what would you guess? How many players were there today? 68. Uh, I think it'd be more than fit. Yeah. 68 is a big difference with 90, though. And a lot of Armstead's equals on that team, especially financially, ain't nowhere to be found. And he's over there work. Now, he's they do a lot more with younger guys, but it's his group's not easy. I think it might be a little more than 68. I'm just imagining when there were 11 offensive players on the field, how many other offensive players were standing around? But right. it's also so 16 and a half would be all 30. On the same side. It was it was defensive and offensive all kind of combined. Defense wasn't on the sideline with the offense behind the play. I thought they were all on the side together. Okay. Uh yeah, it was not maybe some the A list of attendance. Side. Right. Because remember you pointed out Fred Warner and Fred was kind of that's true. Fred basketball. was standing behind, not in pads. Kittle was not in pads, but coaching some guys up. The point here is not that if you sh- don't show up to OTAs, you can't be a leader. The point is that um Armstead works really hard. And don't forget, the Buckner trade came right after Eric Armstead got paid, too. So Eric Armstead has gotten better since he got paid, I think you would argue, which is, you know, 100%. not always the case. And he, I also, wouldn't even just, it just sustained a high level. Like he's a very dependable player, I feel like, when you watch him play. Yep. And versatile. 
And he practices, you know, what the quarterbacks do at practice is different than what the defensive linemen do at practice. The defensive linemen work physically harder. And Chris Kacarek yells at them a lot more than Brian Greasy yells at the quarterbacks. Maybe you would say the quarterbacks have it easier than anybody. Like the Niners D-line, not only do they go through their individual drills with Chris Kacarek screaming at them, but then when they do 11-on-11, the D-linemen, you can tell it's a point of emphasis, chase the person who who has the football like 20 yards down the field. They all run after him, right? Like they get, yeah. they watch the film afterwards. They go, who loafed? So, and I think it's a solid thing. I was talking to Biederman. He's like, yeah, it's a Robert Sala thing. As you said, when we were watching all gas, no breaks, but you don't get to like, you don't get to country club it when you play defensive line for the 49ers, even if it's June 1st. One, don't you think that Chris is telling, and now Eric just knows this now, like he's got to do it because they're all looking at him. You know, it's right. It, it, a lot of you random young guys. It's not some, st- you know, Drake Jackson out there, Nick Bosa's out there. It's not a star-studded group beside him. Yeah. Like if they rolled into a game with just those guys, I think we'd be like, well, you're going to need a Herculean effort out of the crew. <laughs> Jimmy Ward, too. I mean, Jimmy Ward, like, made a play, made, had a PBU today. But this gets back to in the draft when, and, and I've just noticed this for years. Again, this is probably more of a social media thing than it is how actual people look. But people always get so uncomfortable when the anonymous scouts come out and say, like, we need these guys to love it. We don't really want balance. And obviously, Eric Armstead is a balanced guy. Like, he likes basketball. He goes to Kings games. And Jimmy Ward, I think, married. That's not what they mean. They just mean, like, I need you to fucking be addicted to football. And to me, those guys, like, they love football a lot. And you you hear coaches, I would say at every level, but specifically high-level college football and specifically the NFL once they start paying you. Like, I, I need guys that are all in. And when they mean that, like, you kind of got to be a football junkie. Me, personally, I'm not a football junkie relative to those guys. John Lynch, football junkie. Adam Peters, football junkie. Obviously, the executives are, the coaches are. They, they want their players to be like them. Like, are you thinking about it all the time? Because we are, <laughs> you know. And, and when your best players are football junkies, it's why, like, I'll give this for George. Like, I, I do feel George loves football. It's why they love George Kittle, Right. Fred Warner loves football. You know, I, I think they're very comfortable with Trent and Nick Bosa where they are on the football scale. They're so good, you probably couldn't even notice if they didn't or did. But I think they clearly do. But like Jimmy Ward and Eric Armstead, you couldn't even argue it. If someone asked me if like one of those guys became a free agent and I had another team, like, what do you think about this guy? I'd be like, I'd fucking be all over him. Like, if you're interested in that guy, like, you'd want that guy in your building. Yep. You know, like, if, if, if in a couple of years, like Armstead, you know, cap casualty or whatever – or Jimmy Ward's, you draft someone, whatever, because it's just that's just the way football works. Like those guys are going to play more than likely. They both won't end their career on the 49ers. I'd be like, I would bring this guy in the building if the money's right. You want those guys? It's it's really what the whole scouting process is about. Like trying to find the right guys that just eat, breathe, and sleep it. And you know, those are two bulky picks. You know, well, bulky bulky's type. And John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan's type is actually kind of the same type, right? I would say bulky is more likely to take some huge, huge swing. But yeah, I mean, I they. Sorry, they're not exactly. I mean, character mattered less to Trent, but I just mean like the guy that they would the guy that John Lynch would like on tape is the same guy I think bulky would like on tape. I would say his question for sure with Balky would be the character shit he he had a, he was closer to Al Davis. 
Yeah, and injury, the lack of injury concerns. But he's got a chance to rewrite his career. Uh, yeah. Say this: if if Trent Baalke and the Jags are like in the playoffs in a couple years, Trent would be like, "Hey, remember when I used to go to NFC championships, and now I'm in the playoffs with the Jags? Remember that, guys? Like, it's not his resume ain't gonna look like Dave Gettleman's." And I do feel that's the way sometimes people talk about him. I'm not, I'm not some Trent Baalke apologist or defender here, but I don't know if he's as bad as people act sometimes. I, I it just ended so badly for the with the with him and the 49ers, but I agree. It's not Gettleman. No, not at all. Is it? Uh, uh, I wanted to. I just saw this. This. Uh, check this out. A couple of tweets here. Mm, just the right thing. So I guess Miles Garrett today was asked about Baker Mayfield. I'm reading Tony Grossi's tweets here. And um, Tony Grossi, Miles Garrett commenting on Baker Mayfield without mentioning his name. People come and go. And this is one of those things. I hope the best for him. I hope he moves on. He does well for himself. I never wish ill on anyone who I've been up against or played with. He's going to land on his feet. He's played well when he's healthy. When he's healthy, he can do some pretty good things for for a team. Just has to find his niche again. I think he has to prove himself, has to get healthy. I think it worked out for both. So talking about Baker Mayfield in the past tense in Cleveland, no shocker. Another accuser for Deshaun. You know what it made me think? I go back to when we had Greg Papa on, and he said it's he kind of said that he thinks the door on Jimmy Garoppolo to the Browns is not totally closed. I, I thought it was nuts. I do be, I truly believed that he's going to get a 17-game suspension. That Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for the season. And Jacoby Brissett is just not good. If, if Jacoby Brissett starts 17 games, the Cleveland Browns will not be in the playoffs. Now, I'd have to look at their cap situation. Now, obviously, the Niners probably work with them. I guess if they got rid of Baker, they could clear $18 million, But if they're not able to trade him and had to cut him, they'd have to eat that money. I do not believe that the Browns could make it happen if they have to eat Baker's Mayfield $18 million. Most teams couldn't, right? That's that's a large, especially when your entire team's under. Like, the Browns team exists. Like, they, they're paying a lot of guys. You know, they just, they, they, they got, you know, the hell, I know Deshaun doesn't make that much this year, but they got a lot of guys under contract at large numbers. So, yeah. I think they would have to be able to get rid of Baker, which I do not see where he's going. Because the one thing you would say is that, you can say whatever you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. There is no one, not a soul, that's saying a bad thing about the person. His greatest thing he's got going for him is like, knows all the offenses and great guy, right? Love to have him around. Teammates love him. Coaches can drive him nuts with his play, but they like the guy. Baker feels like someone's trading $18 million for the way these guys, like, I would say if I was like John Schneider, like, yeah, can we get him for like $4 million? Like, I, why am I, and, and Seattle's not Mr. Character, but... With the with the quarterback, yeah. So know, Nate Maybe. Nate on the stream says Jimmy for Jacoby Brissett and a pick. The problem is if you got Jimmy, you would still want Jacoby Brissett because you might need a backup for three games, right? Because yeah. Garoppolo's been hurt. I do think the thing with Cleveland, good roster, it'd be a good, good spot coach. For Jimmy. I think if you're Jimmy, you would take a pay cut to go play there. Try to resurrect your career. Well, it's just. They're, the Niners are going to cut you. Now, maybe if you're him, you're like, well, cut me, then I'll go to Cleveland and I'll just sign with them. Whatever. It doesn't make a difference to Which, me. Which that might happen too. Could happen too. But the thing is, Cleveland might not be able to wait. Right? The Niners, 
if they were going to cut Garoppolo, would not do it until right before the season. And Cleveland may not be able to wait until that point in time to do it. So they might. This is a situation where I think a team like the Browns, I think, would trade for Jimmy and give him another year on his contract and somehow restructure it. I think they would try to get him to do the restructure before he went. Maybe go like, cut your contract by half, and we'll yeah. incentivize it up to that number. They, they, they might try. I'm I, just I, saying, I, how would you give him two years when you got you just paid a guy two hundred thirty million dollars? Yeah, you just you, you. He's not on your team next year, but you're you're moving some money around where he some of it's going to count against your cap next year, and you'll deal with it later. It's not to actually have him on your team in 2023. It's just you add a year to somehow move some funny money around. Well, you might look yeah. at it too. Like, what if you get him? And do that. What you're saying? What if he leads you to the playoffs? All of a sudden, Jimmy's been in the playoffs with multiple teams. Like now, you can Jimmy. trade him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you can get more than the fourth you give the Niners. But uh, they traded a lot of picks to old Houston. That's true. Obviously, that I mean, those are first and second round picks. But that's true. Um, but anyway, I, I like to me. I there's a world where Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded to the Browns and agrees to play for thirteen million dollars, or I, you know, I don't know what the number would have to be for that. Maybe it's, I don't know, but. What if like you did something like that? Ten because I'm with you. I think Deshaun is getting suspended for. I think the whole year is definitely in play. What what if you did something like every game we win is your and you're the starting quarterback? It's like a seven hundred fifty thousand dollars bonus, so it could add up quick to like we give you fifty percent of the ticket sales. <laughs> we give you all the hot dog revenue. Have you heard of Zenny, Jimmy? <laughs> He's like, yeah, they don't pay enough. Uh, Subway, a million bucks. Yeah, we give <laughs> we give you all the proceeds from the barbecue beef sandwiches we sell. Like, think about the crazy situation that had to result in the Colts and the Browns getting off the table for Garoppolo. When we sit here, we're like, "How is a team gonna need Jimmy?" That's like, well, who saw Deshaun on the Browns and and uh, uh, Matt Ryan on the Colts before that happened? Crazy and things when, happen. Who would have saw like in Christmas Wentz being on the football team? Wentz being on the football team. <laughs> that honestly, that to me, once that kind of came out of nowhere, yeah, it's just if you would have told me Deshaun Watson, we knew he was going to get traded. Not a soul would have said the Cleveland Browns, right? No, three months ago or whatever. You're right. It was. It was all the Jimmy teams all had the craziest shit happen for him, and they're sitting in this spot. I don't. The league does not care at all that Deshaun just missed a year. The league is not. It's not. They're not Robert. They've punished Robert Kraft before. They do. They are not going to hesitate to punish Jimmy Haslam. And again, Jerry, the Browns, the contract, Jerry they, Jones. yeah, yeah the, the contract they gave him tells us what the Browns think. They think he's getting suspended. They they're paying him a million dollars this year. I agree. Right? Isn't that the number? Yeah, a million dollars. It's what, what more information do we need? The Browns think he's getting suspended, and it's getting worse. So he's, he's getting suspended. And, and well, by the way, do, do you think do, I don't think they would steal like. Actually, I think Manfred and and uh, and Goodell. I mean, maybe their lockers are close at Augusta. Both members at the, the Masters. You see what they did to Trevor Bauer? Because <clears throat> it's not like baseball cared that he missed the majority yeah, of this season. Take it they to gave court. It to it. Yeah. What are you going to do? Because what's the point? Like, if you're them and you suspend him for eight games, you're not. Like you, you're still going to get shit. So, Guy, what do you care? I, listen, I I don't know how you. Like, I'm not saying one domestic assault or dispute is any like, I'm not trying to value one's worse than the others. Yeah. I do not remember a situation 
with the volume of this. And then a show happens and someone gets added on. Like, this is not like Greg Hardy. Now, again, complete scumbag, complete loser. It was one woman, right? Ray McDonald had the one woman. Like, I just, and those guys obviously got in trouble and complete scumbags. This guy, I mean, he's fucking half a half a Texas. Crazy. Didn't you say that you read that now sh- this one's alleging that he, he had like a ringer basically funneling him the masseuses? Yeah, that's the new, the latest allegation. Like the, the, the allegations are just, they grow. It's crazy. Yeah. 24 civil cases. Yeah. 24. <laughs> you, if you told, if you told, what if you, what if, do you think there would be that many people defending no. Deshaun Watson if I said, Roger Goodell said, 34 games. Who, who's like, this is wrong. Well, that's what everyone's been asking for. No one's saying he's, listen, if he comes out innocent and in the evidence, they'll reduce him. What? what I, I, you could argue one year might not be enough where this fucking headed. You could. This guy, this guy is a threat to your league. If he, he has no clue how to act. I mean, he's just, clearly some weird shit is going on. He acknowledged they were crying. Now, just because you're crying, that doesn't make you a criminal. But I think his attorney said he was fucking them. Like, they, they admitted it. Something, it's just, he had a girlfriend. Like, again, I, I think the guy is a complete loser. And I went from thinking he was fucking Michael Jordan, high character guy. I'm not saying Michael Jordan, perfect here. I just mean, like, Dabble called him Michael Jordan. I thought he was a great player. And then, like, to me, I right. held him in the regards of, like, Mahomes, Watson, exactly. Josh Allen, uh, Herbert, Lamar, great guys. And then it's like, no, actually, those guys have nothing in common with this dude. Right. Everywhere I see Mahomes, his wife's on his side. This guy Instagrams his girlfriend, but he's got all the masseuses. Honestly, when I saw that that chick was added, how do you feel if you're the Cleveland Browns? Like, well, uh, terrible. Well, I mean, I don't know if they feel terrible, but they can't feel good. It hasn't right? gone well to begin with. It's not like... Oh, it's we, going we worse, guy. There. He won't pay them to go away. He keeps talking and he makes it worse. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like they did. I, I, I don't know if they were dumb enough to think we'll just do a press conference and everyone will chill out because that was pretty clear. That's not how this one was going to go. They did say in the press conference, I watched a couple snippets whenever that day was like later in the day. They felt comfortable because someone asked, like, do you guys want him to just make this go away, kind of? And, like, can we settle this? And they're like, we feel comfortable with talking to him about going through the process. Because it's getting worse, him going through the process. It's getting worse, yeah. It's getting worse. You could argue it might continue. to Like, it. it nothing will shock me moving forward. That's a good point. If it's 25 accusers, 26 accusers, it's, it's a very good point. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else we need to hit today? What a day, you know. The match is on right now. I've only seen a couple swings. Does not appear that we're watching like Steph Curry and Tony Romo. I've seen a couple clips of like, look at this swing for Patrick Mahomes. I would imagine those two guys' balls are flying everywhere. Which is not great, (laughs) you know. I did see McAfee wrote, what a start for the OG, so the old guys must have got off to an early lead. Well, they're both good at golf, right? USA 2-0. Uh and what's USA two nothing and what sport? Uh, that's Patrick Mahomes drinking a Coors Light. Patrick Mahomes crashes first Coors Light. It helps me for a while as long as I don't drink too much of it. I was gonna wait till the fourth hole, but I got down, so I had to go and open up a little bit early. So I, I wonder if the young guys are in a little trouble. <laughs> so has, have they hidden 
do we not know what the score was? Because this is on tape. Did they yeah, not well, release that? This is all. Maybe it is live. I guess it is Vegas. So five o'clock, the light would still oh, be it out. So it's not. Okay. It's not crazy. To, it's at the Wind Casino. Yeah. Uh, Warriors Celtics. Brady, they're one up at through four. Oh, okay. Warriors Celtics on Thursday. Excited. Can't wait. See you there. See you there. Uh, I got tickets. You just owe me $17,000. <laughs> you want to play that game right now really quick? Just Yeah, let's play that game real quick. Uh, lower bowl ticket, cheapest I can find. Your guess. Um, I'm, I'm using SeatGeek. Lower bowl, cheapest ticket. I'm going to say... Uh, I'm gonna say uh, six twenty-five. Thirteen ten. <laughs> yeah, I I should have known that was too low. If you want to get like a four, so you know four rows back from the court, eighty-six. Doesn't sound too too crazy. Eighty-six doesn't sound too too crazy. I think you're numb. Well, $8,600, four rows. When I say too, too crazy, you have to put the level of which people are down there. Remember, we talked about the wealth level. If I was worth $50 million and 8600 was like $20 to me, if I wanted to go to the game or. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not cheap. I'm not I'm not acting like it's a, it's some steal, but. You can say what, what if you were super rich and you love Steph Curry? Would it really matter that much to you? No, no, you wouldn't think that much about 84, but it looks like the lowest price is 686. Get it. Uh yeah, the the cheapest ticket right now on TickPick is $686. Um that's in section 213. I don't feel this is a terrible price in my nuts. Amazing deal. Courtside I'm going to guess uh, 15,000 NBA finals. I think face value on those is like 5,000. Remember we talked about this. That's what I was told is the face value after you pay your half a million dollar rights. So, so if you get three X on the NBA finals, right? It's not crazy. Yeah. I mean, you can, uh, yeah, here you go. Row a, a four, 13,000. What's the most expensive ticket? Let's just for fun. I saw something twenty eight. If it, just when you scrolled, what's that? A A three twenty eight thousand. You think I put this on the credit card? I'd get a call immediately from the credit card company. I I honestly think my biggest credit card limit is like thirty, and it, and I don't <laughs> have get it. I, I have a running, but I, my balance right now is like six, so I wouldn't even be able to charge it. For two, John, it'd be 57. So you'd have to Venmo me. I'd, I, well, I'd have to use three credit cards to make that purchase. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to show up with your like your mortgage. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> I'd be like, do you take all my stocks that are underwater? <laughs> <laughs> How about one Bitcoin? Well, from when? <laughs> so uh, Excalibur well. says you guys should get courtside tickets and then wear ham shirts and then write it off. I saw somebody the other day tweet because the Game 7 Heat-Celtics game, there were these two guys sitting courtside wearing heat t- heat jerseys, and the back said, like, FTX on the name. Yeah. 
someone's like, what these guys, who are they? Like, clearly that was the promo. Like someone, you know, like they, FTX well, you know what, you know what FTX is, right? Yeah. It's a crypto. Yeah. I, mean, but I think it's like, it might, they might have their name on the arena. Like it might be yeah. the, their floor. FTX is big. So, well, they definitely have at least one naming rights. They they have the naming rights to Cal Memorial Stadium. The field is FTX field. They have multiple. So these guys clearly paid by FTX or maybe work for FTX. Just put their names. So then they're standing up the whole game and it's kind of going viral. Like, who are these dudes cheering with FTX on the jersey? You could argue if we would have thought this out, might not be the craziest move. Promo code AM? Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, 30 grand. I, I, I mean... If we thought big picture, I wonder yeah. if we could make it up pretty easily. Ravel would be like, they got $9 million of advertising exposure. I actually think you could. Cheaper Thinking than buying a, a couple commercials on the. Uh, to me, it would it would really depend where you're situated on the floor. Because you, you there are floor seats where you never see the people, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. If there's a game seven, do we get, we tell Tito's, let's, let's get all the money. Let's just buy two tickets. What, what would you guess the floor seat in Game Seven goes for? Well, 45? what what I can't even really see what these are going for now. Like I saw that one was A four is twenty eight, but that's not the floor. Yeah. So I, I I'd guess forty fifty grand for Game Seven. The Celtics. What's A five? These are one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. I'd guess it's a box. No, I think it's a row. But it's not on the floor. Damn, that's not a cheap seat. Here's thirty four thousand. You know, you you better really like basketball. It's like it's a D. It's a D deal according to the website. It's a D. Can you imagine if it's like a thirty point game? You're like, oh, that was worth it. Oh my god, that happens. Celtics Ticket prices them. might. As we know, John, we don't want to buy the tickets Wednesday. We'll wait till Thursday. We'll check back. It's true. You gotta you gotta have patience. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Adios.